What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hey, if you haven't heard about WebmasterRadio.fm's mobile app for iPhone and Android, you got to listen up. This is amazing. You can now get not just CEO Coach, but every Webmaster Radio show on your mobile device. Go to iTunes to download or the Android app stores. You can listen to WebmasterRadio.fm on our new mobile app. Hope to see you there. Please welcome your CEO coach. WebmasterRadio.fm presents a show custom-built to give you everything you need to build your business on the web. From funding to finances, set up to staffing, the CEO coach will break down the art of business development from the ground up by one of the experts of online business growth, management, and development. Now, here to get you started is your CEO coach, Jillian Musick. Welcome to CEO Coach on WebmasterRadio.fm. This is Jillian Music. Delighted to be with you on a glorious Monday morning in Seattle, Washington. I'm joined today by Brian Howe and Jason Jacob Coker of the Hub Seattle. Welcome, gentlemen. Brian. Hi, Jillian. Good to be here. Thanks for having us. And thanks for being with us also, Jacob. You're welcome. I appreciate the invite. Great. So, Brian, tell us a little bit about the Hub, what it is, and what you do. Sure. So Hub Seattle is part of a global network of spaces focused on inspiring entrepreneurs. So the way we inspire entrepreneurs and uh, serve them is through offering co-working and event space. Um, We have a particular bent on serving entrepreneurs who are looking to solve some of the stickiest social and environmental problems facing the world. And we think of ourselves as kind of network and nexus. So we have Elements of an office, of a shared office, a clubhouse, a cafe, uh, and a heavy focus on community that will help entrepreneurs make connections with the community while progressing toward their their own goals at the same time. Pretty exciting stuff. So very different than a standard office space. Jacob, uh, Brian mentioned this is an international collection of spaces. Where is your footprint? Well, the hub actually started in London in 2006. I think 2005. 2005. Um, There are now about 40 locations around the world with probably another 60 on the launch pad. Uh, We were actually just in London two weeks ago meeting with the founders of all the different hubs from around the world. Um, It's technically considered an Austrian federation, uh, but uh, we we aren't your traditional franchise model. Each hub is independently owned and operated, uh, and we all put a little bit of money into a bucket to help push the brand forward and work very closely uh, together. 
Um, there's about 6,000 members around the world now, uh, people that work out of hubs in various locations. Uh, and there are lots of cool programs where, uh, for example, the, the visa or passport program where if you work out of one hub um, for participating hubs, you can actually go work out of another one if you're traveling in Milan, for example, on business or Johannesburg or um, Adel- uh, Melbourne or Sydney. Uh, which is one of the big advantages of having a global network. Um, that is an interesting uh, consortium idea rather than a franchise concept. Uh, Brian, is, do you, are you also in emerging markets then? Yes, it's actually a great question. We are in a few emerging markets and have a desire to be in a lot more. Uh, currently, the bias is toward the west and toward the north, um, And at our last global gathering, there was a lot of discussion around how do we launch hubs in crisis zones? How do we launch hubs in um, transition cities and countries? Uh, And so it's a question that the network is really facing. It's something that we desire is to support entrepreneurs of all ill coming from any region of the world um, and especially the ones that are less likely to have some of the abundance of resources that we experience in a, in a city like Seattle, for instance. Sounds good. Maybe I can connect you with some folks in emerging markets then, because uh, those of you listening in today from those emerging markets, you'll know who to contact. That would be extremely exciting. Um, tell me how the hub operates in ways that are different from a traditional space. Sure. So... Obviously, co-working as a movement is becoming more and more uh, well-established, both in the U.S. and globally. Um, They now have their own – co-working as a movement has its own uh, magazine called DeskMag, um, deskmag deskmag.com, and has some really interesting um, stats. Basically, co-working as a movement has roughly doubled in size each year since 2006, and there's well over 1,100 or so spaces worldwide open right now. So the kind of first question is, is what is co-working? And it's pretty straightforward. Co-working is any type of space that says we're going to bring together workers that don't all work for the same company and provide them a shared space and see what happens. Uh, we say there's three things we've got to get right in order for the magic to happen here, and it's hot coffee hassle-free printing, and fast wireless. Everything else happens on top of that base. So if you're trying to understand what co-working by itself is, it's, it's basically those three minus the looks uh, a barista would give you if you sit in the coffee shop for too many hours. <laughs> what differentiates Hub from some other co-working spaces, and they're all really unique, not surprisingly, um, entrepreneurs are often um, launching their own company at the same time they're launching a co-working space and because of that they take on a lot of different character um, but we really have a heavy focus on developing a trust environment um, one that is really collaborative between the members and provides opportunities for new ventures to be built together uh, so we talk a lot about what it is to be in the collaborative economy um, and, and we show that through where we put our staff time so we have um, multiple hosting um, opportunities. So that means that individuals who want full-time membership can apply to be a host, which is a concierge for the space in the community. And they're the ones who answer all the questions of how the space runs, but are also there to connect 
um, individuals in Seattle to their counterparts in Sao Paulo or Johannesburg or Amsterdam and make sure that both the local and global network are really um, providing value back to the individual members. So a bit of a heavier focus on um, hosting community than some other places. And then our focus on impact-driven entrepreneurship. Um, we have a bias toward entrepreneurs who are thinking a lot about um, the social environmental impact that their um, ventures are making. So we have a few nonprofit entrepreneurs in the space um, and majority for-profit and then um, some service providers as well. And so it's a bit of a curated community, which is slightly unique as, to, as opposed to some co-working spaces um, that are more focused on serving whoever uh, is in need of the three basic items. That makes good sense. Do you find that companies grow more quickly when you have what you would call that curated space and this connection to uh, national and international colleagues? Does that help them to, I don't know, find new suppliers, uh, collaborators, whatever it is? I mean, certainly we know there are no new ideas in the face of the planet. It's always five other bright guys doing what you're doing. You just may not know them. And collaborating rather than trying to compete might be very interesting. Does that happen? Yeah, absolutely. You know, one of the magical things about sitting down uh, in an open desk co-working situation is you really never know who you're going to sit next to. And in some way, shape or form, that person can help you move your business forward. But you mentioned there's no such thing as a new idea. And I actually just want to bring up an interesting point. Co-working itself is not necessarily a new concept. I mean, going back hundreds and hundreds of years to university library situations, you know, students sitting next to each other in a big open room, um, you know, even back to the time of Aristotle and Plato, uh, you know, that's, that's the idea, is getting a, a bunch of smart people into the same room um, driven by the intellectual challenge of whatever it is they're working on. Uh, that is, has been for, for, for literally thousands of years uh, a way that we work together as a civilization. I think the way that these current uh, co-working spaces work is that we just take that old model, the old university library model, and infuse much more community and much more modern technology and, and um, all the benefits of, of, of Internet startups. Um, and that's, uh, that, that's very much the, the idea these days. And then in terms of the effect that co-working can have on the ventures and the individuals um, located at the spaces, it turns out it's pretty overwhelmingly positive based on the data we have. Um, <clears throat> so the, the best survey is one put out by DeskMag, the organization I mentioned earlier. And I think they found around 40% of the co-workers that responded to their survey said they saw a marked improvement in the income of their their business from from joining a co-working space and and last last point on that that this actually this form has uh moved into the corporate world as well uh, companies like oracle are you know getting rid of miles of cubicles and allowing people to work from home and instead create these touchdown areas where their colleagues can get together uh inside touchdown conference rooms uh throughout different cities uh, for meetings, for whatnot, but they're literally removing um, um, uh, uh, cubicles and, and everything else uh, to, to create that, that environment as well. That's interesting. I think that will speak to architecture in a number of different ways. Um, I don't know that every company is going to change its stripes 
in terms of how it operates in our lifetime. But over time, if people are now working more uh, frequently remotely um, and out of their residences, it will change residential architecture. Um, it will also change, of course, corporate architecture. Things will uh, be quite different in the uses of the physical uh, footprint of what we build on the planet. So really big ramifications, and that's kind of exciting. Um, what I was wondering, though, is when people are at the hub do they also connect with people, for example, in Sao Paulo to see what they're doing? So we're going to take a break here at CEO Coach. When we come back, we're going to talk about some of those international connections and see how it all comes together. This is Jillian Music at CEO Coach. We'll be right back. Stay tuned. More on how to build your business on the web with the CEO Coach right after this. Oh, yeah. My day is done. Time for happy hour. You're already done for the day? Yeah, because I use certifiedknowledge.org. Their PPC tools literally save me hours every day. How do you keep on top of all of Google's new features? Easy. With Certified Knowledge, their interactive learning modules keep me up to date. And if there's something I don't know, I can watch their video lessons without having to hunt around the Google help files. Great. I'm ready to expand my knowledge. Hi, I'm Brett Geddes. I'm the only leader officially supported by Google to teach the advanced track of the AdWords Seminars for Success. I personally recommend CertifiedKnowledge.org as your one-stop shop for all your PPC needs. Learn. Optimize. Connect. Be smart. Go to CertifiedKnowledge.org now. Looking for a white-label SEO and social platform for your clients? Think eBrands. Free and unlimited SEO audit reports. eBrands. Premium Facebook apps and welcome page creators. eBrands. Twitter management app, analytics, and mobile site generators. eBrands. Let eBrands manage your search and social media campaigns and give you and your clients access to their white label dashboard, which have great reports that will wow your clients and deliver great ROI and results. Try eBrands for 30 days. Go to eBrandsWithAZ.com or call 1-866-625-5717. That's eBrandsWithAZ for eBrands. Building better search engine rankings takes the right formula. Tracking those rankings is super simple. All you need is AuthorityLabs.com. Authority Labs uses automated daily rank tracking tools to monitor your site's performance or leverage their API to build your own tools. No matter what animal-labeled algorithms affect your ranking, you should be using Authority Labs. Unlimited users for no additional cost and white labeling can help keep your clients updated and save countless hours of creating reports. Whether you're running sites with just a few or millions of keywords, what you need is AuthorityLabs.com. Advance your affiliate marketing efforts every week on Affiliate Buzz. Our hosts, James and Arlene Martell, are here to inspire, inform, and motivate you with expert insight, interviews, and information that will increase your bottom line. Affiliate Buzz, on demand anytime inside the Affiliate Marketing Channel, only on webmasterradio.fm. We're back with Jelly and Music, the CEO coach, only on webmasterradio.fm. And welcome back to CEO Coach. This is Jillian Music. I'm with Brian and Jacob of The Hub in Seattle. We're talking about different kinds of workspaces and how it's affecting the way companies are growing and building and our use of space. So uh, I guess, uh, Jacob, tell me a little bit about whether or not people are actually connecting proactively 
with their colleagues in other cities around the world at this point? Or is it really that sometimes the person sitting next to you there will be from one of those cities? Has it really emerged kind of fully, or do you see this thing growing in the future? Well, I, you know, as far as a network of co-working spaces, Hub really is, is one of the larger ones at this point. Um, and there's also uh, more than just a, a desire to work out of a space. This, this particular tribe of people um, really depends on, it doesn't matter what city you're, you're in in the world, the people that work out of different hubs share that connection to, to a particular tribe um, that's attracted to the idea of building inspiring ventures that are solving some of the world's stickier social problems. So in that regard, there's a sense of camaraderie um, that's uh, ubiquitous across all the different hubs. Uh, and, and in that sense, there's a, a desire to want to connect with people in other cities to help move that forward. So we do, at least here at the hub, see people connecting with each other and collaborating in different spaces. And, and the hub as an organization uh, has been working hard to build software solutions to make that easier that's um, proprietary to this hub network. Uh, as far as day-to-day, week-to-week, sure, most people do end up connecting with folks in their local hubs, um, working on whatever it is they're trying to solve. But we are starting to see more and more folks connecting with more and more people around the world. And as we iterate on the technology platforms that make that process easier, uh, I think over the next month, couple months or, or, or even a year, year and a half, as we deploy these around the world, we're going to see that increase significantly. Yes, I think that's um, that's kind of as I expected that you begin locally, but over time I think uh, it will be more exciting. And I'm very excited about the proprietary software and so on that you're setting in place so these kinds of things can happen. I have visions of, uh, I don't know, Disney World's Epcot Center, the world of the future, as we begin to uh, really connect worldwide for working and uh, for play. So... Uh, Tell me a little bit about pricing. Let's get into the thorny stuff. Most of the folks listening here are at early stage startups, and we'd like to take a look at what that kind of stuff costs. What should they expect? Yeah, so obviously it's very market dependent. Um, the uh, main uh, barometer of pricing is not surprisingly cost of real estate. So in a rural community versus an urban community, you're going to see a great differentiation price. Um, and then uh, in San Francisco, you're going to see a different price than you're going to see in Boulder. Um, we can obviously speak more directly to pricing here in Seattle. We've established four different levels of membership currently. And uh, those range based on the days of access per month you want. The majority of co-working memberships are month to month, um, and that is in line with the flexible nature of the entrepreneurs um, and, and consultants and change makers that we're supporting. So um, our two-day a month membership uh, here in Seattle is $35 a month, and that gets you access to hold meetings and use the space two days a month, but more importantly, um, access to our workshops. Um, so one of the things we didn't talk about was um, the programming and events that we really push toward entrepreneurs. Um, we have a space that seats uh, about 250 individuals um, and then a number of other spaces, somewhere around 15 for smaller meeting rooms. But the 250-person event space has five-plus five events a week 
targeted toward entrepreneurs, and the majority of those events are free or low-cost to Hub members. So people joining us at the $35 a month level really are doing it in order to access those resources. Then we have an $85 a month level for five days of access, $195 for 12 days of access, and $295 for full-time access. Um, now, that's actually slightly below market here in Seattle. And um, since we are just open six months, we've intentionally kept that so um, in order to attract the, the right people here and get them trying out the space. The majority of co-working members previously worked from home, so it's a bit of a transition to learn how to put on um, your pants instead of your pajama bottoms and actually get down to the office. So keeping the prices low helps them come in, um, but those will be um, climbing up um, in a short period of time, not by, not by much, but a small percentage to reflect a bit more of the market realities around here. And then we're adding a new um, level of membership that has a number of perks, one of which is um, public transit access at extremely discounted pricing. So the, so, the thing I'll add to that real quick a, is that... A couple things, guys. One, we're in Seattle. So showing up in your PJ bottoms, that's cool. <laughs> right. Number two, again, the price for full-time membership to kind of have a seat every single day is how much? It's $295. And that gets you right. So you 24-7 access. Right. And that's 24-7. So you'll forgive me. I've been a, an early entrepreneur. And it was maybe you know, 10, 15 years ago as I was beginning. And I started even as much as 30 years ago. However, when I started and all the way through the 90s and the early aughts, there was nothing anywhere near that close to that kind of price. I was already paying in the five and $600 range just to get a room in which I was quite isolated. So in terms of the pricing structure at um, about 300 bucks a month, yes, it might be a little less than other shared spaces, but it is hugely less than being isolated in a traditional environment. So fantastic work, guys. Uh, now, you were about to say... Well, I, I was just going to say that's exactly right. If you know, on a pure real estate play, one of the advantages we offer in the value proposition to entrepreneurs is that it's month to month, no commitment. You come in, you sit down, you start working. You don't have to worry about installing phones or internet or even brewing your own coffee. Um, and 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 of course, if you're working out of Starbucks and fighting for electrical outlets with the other freelancers and and folks who are unemployed and trying to build community. You don't have to do that here. We've got plenty of outlets and power and and people sitting next to you that are just as driven as you. But beyond the the pure real estate, Wi-Fi, coffee issues, is the community. As you you mentioned um, a second ago, you don't build relationships sitting in your isolated office um, or with your headphones on at Starbucks. You build relationships in uh, spaces that are designed specifically to build relationships around entrepreneurs or amongst entrepreneurs. Um, So that's really the value proposition. The promotion of the relationship, I think, is the key to success of the super early stage entrepreneur. Um, Getting constant feedback from other people who are willing to do that. Uh, Getting, uh, well, encouragement is a huge issue as well. There are huge, uh, if you will, emotional hurdles to get past once you begin an early stage startup. Uh, there's, you know, the fear of success and failure and all of that and tight money. I get that. But also this fact that you really have uh, worked in the void if you have to do it on your own. So this avoids the working in the void. Very interesting stuff. Um, so tell me a little bit about this uh, landscape. First of all, do you only have one hub 
this is the hub Seattle, or do the two of you manage another one as well? So currently, uh, the building in Pioneer Square is the hub in Seattle, and we have explored expansion options, um, and we'll have to talk with that with you about that on the next show. Um, we don't have anything as solid there yet. Um, but six months in, we're seeing great turnout um, in this spot and um, really excited about uh, the opportunity to potentially bring some of this tribe um, to the east side or further up north and, and some different areas. In the U.S., um, we're one of um, about five that are open now. The majority of the 40-member network of hubs globally are, are still largely based in Europe. Okay. So you're one of five, and uh, before we take another break here at uh, CEO Coach, tell me with the other four cities. Sure. Uh, so San Francisco, yeah. Los Angeles, mm-hmm. Boulder, mm-hmm. Uh, Berkeley, which is obviously very close to San Fran, mm-hmm. um, and then there's a few coming online. So the reason I said about five is – uh, there's one slated to open in D.C., in New York, um, in actually Peoria, Illinois, of all wonderful places. Yeah. And then in, in Boston with the um, CIC, which is a, a great large co-working center that's been there for a long time, just across the street from MIT. Yes. Okay. So here's something for West Seattle and Bellevue. We're going to take a break here at CEO Coach. This is Jillian Music with Brian and... Uh, Jacob from the Hub CF will be right back. Stay tuned. More on how to build your business on the web with the CEO coach right after this. I'm John Ball, and I'm one of the founders of Page One Power. Page One Power is a custom link building firm based in Boise, Idaho. We increase search rankings and web traffic for world-class brands and mom-and-pop shops all around the globe. Our link building strategies work because we focus on relevancy and quality, and we don't outsource anything. Our in-house staff of professional writers and researchers is the best in the industry. We're the link builders you've been looking for. Visit us today at pageonepower.com. Aim clear. This is how you sell with social. Have you tried to do CPA conversions using social PPC and failed? You're not alone. These days, Facebook, LinkedIn, and YouTube require true specialists to dominate. Aim Aim clear. Brings definitive psychographic targeting, bleeding edge creative, and killer content amplification to the social advertising table. Aim clear. This is how you sell with social. Aim clear. This is how you sell with social. Let's go inside the WebmasterRadio.fm production studio, where the production team is stitching up podcasts to load up into the WebmasterRadio.fm Stitcher channel. Rock on, Laurie, and rock the world with LinkedIn. Welcome to Domain Masters, a show where you learn to be the master of your domain. Hey, I want to welcome you to this edition of the SEO Rockstars. Hi, this is Bennett Kelly, and you're listening to the Cyber Law and Business Report. And welcome to CEO Coach. Listen to all of your favorite WebmasterRadio.fm podcasts without downloading. Only on the WebmasterRadio.fm Stitcher channel. Just click on the Stitcher banner on our website. Mobilizing your marketing efforts. Welcome to Mobile Presence. 
Discover the best practices for tracking and targeting mobile marketing. Mobile presence on demand anytime inside the Internet Marketing Channel, only on webmasterradio.fm. We're back with Jelly and Music, the CEO coach, only on webmasterradio.fm. And welcome back to CEO Coach. This is Jillian Music with Brian and Jacob of The Hub Seattle. So, guys, as we wrap up here at CEO Coach, tell me a bit about what you would give as tips to folks who are considering looking for their first spaces. We know that you guys aren't the only hub idea, if you will, in Seattle. There are some others. Tell me about some of the differences between them and how you would choose. Now, I know that that's kind of a loaded question because, you know, you, you have a vested interest in filling up the hubs. But it sounds to me like you're also about to overfill uh, any moment to overflow. And uh, I was hoping you could share some of that landscape here. Yeah, so we're actually quite um, quite good friends with the, the founders of all the other co-working spaces in Seattle. We have a tremendous amount of respect for... Um, office nomads for surf incubator for makerspace um, and and whatnot. I think that the difference here is there are spaces in the city that are focused around making things. There are spaces in the city that are focused almost exclusively around tech. Um, and and I, I the, the approach that we take and the differentiation for us is we're a place for inspiring entrepreneurs. We we like to think of ourselves um, and, and the people that work out of here. Uh, as folks that you would find on the front page of TED.com. Um, so very big, inspiring ideas. If you're working to change something, if you're working to reimagine something, to reinvent something, uh, that's something inspiring. That, that's really what, what we'd love to have you bring down here to HubCL. And, and, of course, if, if you end up moving over to Surf or Office Nomads or any of the other co-working spaces, you know, that's fine. I think there's we're really good friends with all of them, and, um, and we support each other. Right. It sounds like each has its own uh, bit of a focus. It doesn't mean you can't be at one or the other if you do the other kind of work, but it's nice to have kind of a focus on that. So uh, just before we wrap up here, tell me uh, and the you know, listeners a little about yourselves. How did you get into this business? Did you come to this from real estate, from entrepreneurship, another route? How did you end up doing this? Sure, I'll, I'll take that one first. Um, so for me, my background is split between global development work, meaning focused on kind of bottom of the pyramid, people living on $2 a day and less, um, and innovation around that, and really market-driven approaches to um, helping increase the livelihoods of those individuals. Uh, and then the second half of my background is in startup law. Uh, and so I ran a law firm previous to Hub um, and still get to spend a little bit of time in that. And uh, I la- launched Hub out of a desire to get away from the billable hour. Um, it was such a limitation on the type of entrepreneurs I was able to work with. And I found myself doing a lot of Robin Hood lawyering where I was uh, charging clients who could afford in order to work with the ones that really inspired me. Mm-hmm. And I figured there had to be a better way and, and Hub was... Um, the the best attempt I could come up with that solution. Okay. Uh, and for, for me, I, I've been an entrepreneur in, in various uh, forms for about ten years. And um, uh, one of my 
better known companies is called Sparked.com. Got 18 employees down in San Francisco. It's a crowdsourcing platform for brands and passionate communities. Uh, we raised quite a bit of venture capital from folks like Mitch Kapoor, True Ventures, etc. Down in, in the Valley. I moved up here about two years ago. Uh, my wife is finishing her PhD at UW. Uh, and, and long story short, I wanted to help entrepreneurs uh, not make the same mistakes that I made. Um, so for my my third company, I thought it would be fun to launch a space along with Brian, uh, who, who really had this going about a year before I joined, uh, that is specifically to help entrepreneurs uh, build their companies uh, and, and to share the, the experiences that I've had over the last decade um, so that they could be more efficient and more effective in building their own companies. So for me, it's a, it's a passion play uh, to be able to come here and, and help build it. Sounds pretty good. Uh, so I tell you what. Um, before we leave, I'd like you to share at least one hot tip each with your uh, listeners here. What would you suggest is really, really critical when looking for space as your first-time entrepreneur or very early stage? One tip from each of you, and then I'd really like to know before we go, tell us about NASA, Brian. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Sure. Um, So one tip for entrepreneurs looking for space. I, I think the, the, the biggest thing to, to understand is to look beyond uh, the, the expense of a desk in a, in a co-working space versus how much money you'd save at home. I think most entrepreneurs, at least even myself in the early days when at Spark, you know, I think we got hung up on the, the, the costs of of a desk here versus working out of a house or working out of a different office. And I, and people just don't understand how many relationships they're able to build when they're in a space like this. You, in a very short time, become extremely well-connected in a city. You get to know everybody, and you have those opportunities just getting a cup of coffee or, or going to the restroom. Uh, you run into people, uh, and, and that's the magic of a co-working space. Uh, and so look beyond the cost of of the desk versus a, an, an office or your garage or whatever and really try and value the relationships because you, you can't imagine what that brings when you need help. Oh, good wisdom. I would absolutely agree. Yeah, I'll add my two cents here in the last few seconds and really that's just that um, being scrappy with space is is wise. So avoiding taking on too high costing space until you know exactly what your needs are uh, and making sure you have space that can flex and shrink and grow with your venture at very little hassle because what you're doing is far more important than the than the the exact place you're doing it and so you need a flexible space that really matches your needs until you're until you're very settled in and successful okay and what's your url thehubseattle.com Excellent. You can download these shows through webmasterradio.fm, through iTunes, and listen live on our new uh, mobile app. I hope you'll show up at facebook.com slash podcast. That's podcast, And check out some of the info we've got there. I'm going to be putting in some of the links and information that we got from today's show. This is Jillian Music at CEO Coach. Till next week.
This has been a presentation of WebmasterRadio.fm, the world's largest business-to-business radio and podcast network. We welcome you to sample past episodes of this program, as well as our complete library of programs, on demand or on the air via our 24-7 live audio stream at www.webmasterradio.fm. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.